Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is time to get embarrassed with us. Radio Free Brooklyn is not for profit, and this is the giving time. Go over to rfb.nyc slash lar and be a sponsor of our show and pledge a little bit of money to Radio Free Brooklyn at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash pledge. You guys are sitting so far in the back. Yeah, feel free to come forward. It's okay. It's an IMAX. It's an intimate entire thing. Surround sound. I'm not holding the mic for most of the time, so I'll pick on anybody. Don't worry about that. You know, you can take my spot. I don't even need a microphone. They need a microphone. Just sure enough, I'm a low, low tone. These low guys tone. actually technically host open mics, so I'm like the, the more most green of the three here. Sure. Just it's a jolly, jolly green Alon, that's what we call him. So this has been years in the making. We've been doing this show. I met Alon of all places at karaoke yes. years uh-huh. ago. Yeah, he saw me sing uh, a song about daddy issues, and we connected <laughs> in that moment. In that moment, I was a, you know, Papa was a Rolling Stone, and that was all she wrote. But it's been a long time, and uh, he's a fantastic guy. Why don't you give it up for this guy, because he's really the brains behind the operation. Clap it up for a long time. So he's really his baby. Austin Rewound was uh, birthed out of my own obsession with recording myself when I was a kid. Um, it's amazing how far it's come. The fact that we're doing this on a stage in New York City, my 11, 12 year old self would have ever thought that that would ever happen. So I really appreciate you guys being here and a lot of you guys have been on the show uh, that I'm really excited that we could get some of you up here to perform. Let's not delay, let's get our first person up. He is hilarious. He's a host of two podcasts. He hosts a, a podcast about Chopped called Talking Chopped. So talk to him if you want your shop experience. Uh, he also hosts a really well done podcast that he can find live, uh, live, live for podcast recordings well, yeah, at QED in Astoria called Tinder Tales Live. He oh. is a hysterical human being. We know him as Pickles. Give it up for our first storyteller of the evening, David Piccolomini. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, I also ran into Alon doing karaoke. Uh, we sang uh, Evanescence together. Yes! Uh, <laughs> uh, that has nothing to do with this story. That's a much happier time. Uh, okay. This is a story about uh, Christmas uh, with my dad. Uh, to give you an idea of who my dad is, my dad is a junkie that voted for Trump. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. He didn't vote for Trump. Felons can't vote. That's one of the rules. <laughs> So that's who my dad is. My parents are divorced, thank God. Uh, and uh, my 
My dad's family is like a very conservative religious family. We always go there, like they're the second family we go to. We go there and uh, we show up and my dad at like 11 o'clock in the morning is hammered. Uh, which a lot of my relatives are annoyed at, but uh, for me, I'm just like, hey, dad's fun this year, all right. Uh, <laughs> on Christmas, yeah, he's filled with Christmas cheer. I, we, there's a whiskey called Christmas cheer. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. Uh, it's got cinnamon in it. Uh, it's like Fireball, but for the holidays. Uh, just kidding, Fireball's also for the holidays. Uh, we're just, we're having a good time. Uh, my dad's dancing for some reason. And then it, as the day goes on, we realize Someone's got to take dad home, because you don't let drunk dad drive home on Christmas. Because if he dies, that could ruin like the next like two or three Christmases. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, uh, I'll drive him home. I'm assigned me and my uh, little sister. We're driving him home. I'm like 19 at the time. Uh, and we're driving him. My dad is just drunk and apologetic. He's just like, oh, man, I feel so sorry. I didn't get you guys any presents. Uh, tell you what. Let's stop with the CBS. I'll steal you anything you want. <laughs> you know, so full of Christmas cheer. I, like, I was just embarrassed at the time and I didn't ask for anything. But like looking back, I should have been like, pills. Let's forget this. Uh, also, I would have loved to see Dad, like, because like, he could have like just sneaked past the pharmacy with drunk charm. Uh, and we keep driving and he's like, you know what though? Wait, let's stop. I, I, gotta, I gotta pick something up. And I figure he means more booze. And we keep driving. And my dad lived like 10 minutes away from my grandparents. We drive for a full half hour deep into the bad part of Wilmington, Delaware. Now, <laughs> now I'm sure, like, just to give you an idea, it's like media, it's like uh, medium Philadelphia, light New York. Uh, just to give you an idea, like, but it's weird. On Christmas, we're just driving, and then we stop at this house. My dad gets out of the car, and he's just like, wait right here. Goes inside. And then me and my sister are just forced to sit there. And then weirdly enough, Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Pepper comes on, uh, which is a weird like foreshadowing moment for me. I was like, oh, oh, I guess this is happening. And my dad walks out stuffing something into his pocket. And that's how I went on my first drug deal with my father. <laughs> uh, which is weird, because my dad didn't give me any Christmas presents until I realized when I think about it, uh, I think he did. Because it was, uh, he gave me the uh, Christmas gift of trust that I wouldn't tell my mom he's an unsafe person to be around. Uh, later on, I confronted my dad about that. I like asked him like 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 a year later or something. I was like, "Did you buy drugs?" He's like, "Only weed. Stop being dumb." I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> I was less mad that it wasn't heroin and more mad that he didn't share at that point. <laughs> but he's like, "No, I just I knew you were cool enough not to tell anyone about that." Uh, and I was like, yup, Dad, you totally guessed it right. I'm never going to tell anyone about that time you bought weed on Christmas with me. Thank you, guys. I'm Dan Piccolo Media. <laughs>
Um, okay. I will never ask you because I know knowing will hurt far worse than wondering, so I will sit and wonder, hoping for the best, hoping nothing happened. But you, you and your two years of silence, never have you said so much without ever opening your mouth. You told me everything by being able to say nothing because I would have to run through life with a sock in my mouth to hurdle my blood-curdling screams with confessions to you, but not you. You can fuck me in one night and her too. And when we break up and we haven't yet, I know you will continue on like a sunset because that's just what happens and I'll have to accept that. I, however, will have taken my last breath because you are my first love. But you, you have had lovers of your past and lovers of our present. So I won't be your last love, just a past love that loved you past all the grossness of you. Even when you would complicate what shouldn't be complicated and when you would contemplate what needed to be contemplated. So then you try to overcompensate for all the love you never compensated me for. It's like you're constantly constipated by your brain. So take a laxative and relax with it and let that shit out. I can take it. Even if you stink, I won't blink or try to wash you or rid you in the sink because I loved you past all the grossness of you. Even when you smelled like years of hard-pressed nicotine, even when I paid the checks because you were hard-pressed, even when you would get so mad you would press hard on me, I loved you past all the grossness of you. Even when I would suffocate from your late-night fixates that turned into early morn tirades that would irate all of our neighbors. Even when you would defecate your last sober breath with single malts, I did it. I loved you and convinced myself it was my fault. Because I loved you, past all the grossness of you, so I won't ever ask you. Because I know knowing will hurt far worse than wondering, so I will sit and wonder, hoping for the best. Hoping nothing happened, because I'd rather be half a lover in love than not. Thank you. So here's another upbeat song for you guys. <laughs>
Page, Amber Dre. You might know her from another round. Also, the podcast Risk. Um, I think five years of storytelling at least are under her belt. Welcome to the stage, Amber, please.
similar noises coming out of my mother and stepfather's room late at night, and it made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I, I immediately hung up the phone, and I was like, okay, well, I'm never bringing Bon Jovi up to Patrick again now. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, so my next uh, step was to uh, join the cheerleading squad for the recess basketball team. So uh, they every recess they would play basketball and um, they were called the Renegades and I remember the cheer, I still remember the cheer. Renegades, don't take no, uh, job. Renegades, say we are alive. Um, <laughs> and so, but he still didn't really pay attention to me so um, then he, one day he was talking to the other kids in our group about how he wanted to be a guitar player when he grew up. And I was like, my dad's a guitar player. In fact, my dad made his own guitar because he was so broke, but he wanted to have a guitar that looked just like Eddie Van Halen's guitar. So he built his own guitar. And like, it was yellow with like the white, uh, black stripes on it and everything. And so Christmas was coming up and I was like, I got it. I call my dad up and I'm like, what I want for Christmas is for you to make a guitar for the boy I like. <laughs> and my dad was like, no, I don't think so. I might make a guitar for you or buy you a guitar to play, but I'm not making you one to give to some boy. And I was like, okay, okay, never mind. I would like to play guitar, and I would like a guitar for Christmas. I'm like, he lives in Connecticut. He won't know if I give the guitar away. So <laughs> Christmas comes around, and he does not get me a guitar for Christmas. Um, and then when school's back after break, Patrick is absent. And the teacher is like, I have some really bad news. And I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> and she's like, he is in the hospital with appendicitis. And I would like everybody to write a letter encouraging him and making him feel better while he's recovering from his surgery. And so I'm like, okay, this is where I'm really going to connect with Patrick. I'm going to write him a letter he will never forget. So I go, dear Patrick, how was your Christmas? I guess you got appendicitis. That sucks. P.S. You give love a bad name. Bang! Like, I was like, drop the mic. He is never gonna forget this letter. He's gonna think that I'm like the most clever, cool girl ever. Then when we handed in our letters, it was recess, but the teacher wanted to speak with me. And she was like, Amber, I read the letter that you wrote for Patrick, and I cannot give that to him. You were supposed to write something nice, but you insulted him. And I was like, you don't get it. It's Bon Jovi. But I couldn't explain that to her. She was like an old. Um, so I just hung my head in defeat. And then when Patrick came back, he continued to ignore me, and his favorite band wasn't even Bon Jovi anymore. It was Europe. So I spent all that time for nothing. Thanks a lot.
musician. I've known this guy for almost 10 years. I want to say like about 10 years now. He's so, so talented. And he is a drummer, a guitarist. He's got his guitar with him tonight. And uh, he's got an EP coming out in the next year, with uh, next year, early next year. Please give it up, everybody, for Axel!
this is the song called La Pólvora. La Pólvora means uh, gunpowder to those who don't speak Spanish. Sorry. Viene quemando y saltando la viena a lo lejos La pólvora, la pólvora Está predestinado a su rumbo, quitaste del medio De la pólvora, de la pólvora Para defenderte una luz, mírate en el espejo Preguntarás, preguntarás Estaré destinado a quemar amplitudes inciertas Como la pólvora, como la pólvora
And uh, he goes, put that in your pocket, put that in your pocket. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. I put it in my pocket. He goes, that's $40 worth of weed, buddy. And I was like, oh, okay, right on. Uh, thanks. And he was like, you just give me 20 we'll call it even. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I'm all set for that. Actually, I don't need it, so I, I, I took it out of my pocket. I handed it back to him. He goes, "Put that away." We don't, this is Brooklyn. We don't give shit back. Put that away. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in a bit of a pickle here, and so yeah, I put it, I put it back, and I was like, well, I don't have, I was, I don't have cash. Okay, I don't have cash on me. I don't have money <laughs> at all. And he's like, well, you know, that's okay. There's a ATM at that bodega over there. I'll just walk you over there. You know, I knew I was getting grifted, but I didn't want to let him know that I knew, so I was acting very cool. I was like making conversation with him as I'm getting robbed. It was fantastic. He's like, anything you need, you know, mushrooms, acid, whatever you, OG Bloodshawn's got you. I was like, oh, mushrooms? I hear they grow that on cow shit. Is that true? And he was like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> he didn't care. And so we get to the bodega. I go in and my big plan is that I'm just going to pull out 10 bucks and give him 10 bucks and just be like, that's all I'm going to do, Sean. Right, that's it. So I pull out ten dollars. It's really like fourteen fifty with all the charges and everything. And so I give him the ten dollars. He's waiting outside. He goes, "I said twenty. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And I just went right back into the bodega. Just no back, right back into the bodega. I got another ten, another fourteen fifty, you know. And uh, I gave it to him. And then he walked me home. He's like, "All right, man. I'll see you next time." And I was like, well, "I hope not," you know. I get back in my apartment, I'm like, well, maybe I didn't give OG Blood Sean enough credit, you know? Maybe they're really, maybe there's weed in this bag that he gave me, and I, I actually got a deal, kind of. And I opened up the bag, and it's just a bunch of leaves from a tree, and I was like, yeah, I knew it, all right. I knew it. A week later, I'm walking out of my apartment, and there's OG Blood Sean again. He goes, hey, my man, and I was like, not again, Sean. And I, I did, I really said that. I was very proud of myself. I just walked right by, it was fantastic. But now, fast forward another year, okay? A whole other year, I'm uh, working at a bar in Williamsburg, and it's like, it's like closing time. I'm like wiping down these, these uh, tables, and there's a couple of guys that I can only describe as Bushwick, Mario, and Luigi. Okay, like they're both wearing overalls, they both have mustaches, and they're both wearing like newsboy caps. And it's not Halloween, okay? I don't know why they're dressed. So I'm wiping down the table next to Mario and Luigi, and Mario goes, yeah, right off the gate stop. And he was like, that's $40 worth. And I was like, oh my god. And I, I leaned in to Mario and Luigi, and I said, hey, are you, are you talking about Sean? And they're like, yeah, OG Blood Sean. I was like, I know OG Blood Sean. They're like, oh my God, yeah. And I said, so I, how much money did he get from you guys? And they're like, none. We, didn't. we said no. <laughs> we just walked away. I was like, that's an option? That was, so that's when I learned to just walk away. <laughs>
musician for you. Uh, as a friend of mine I've known for a few years now, she runs a great open mic at the Branded Saloon. And as well, she just brought uh, her new album, Leave Your Desert Behind, got back from touring around Europe. Uh, very nice. Uh, you know, properly had a little skinny sandwich when she was there. Give it up, make some noise, Miss Robin. I to Ilan and Jimmy for having me on the show because it did make me re-examine some songs that I wrote way back in the day yes. before I even remembered that I wrote songs and it was so thoroughly embarrassing <laughs> that's that it was it was embarrassing but um, it, it did make me recognize that I have always had a lot of feelings um, and I'm probably just as angsty now as I was when I was about 12 and uh, the themes have just changed. Um, so this was one of the songs that we uh, used on the show. Um, it's, it's a little different from how it sounds in the recording because um, at the time I sang in a very choral way. It sounded like I was saying, I'm in a forest filled with dark and angry bees. Um, I think I was trying to say beasts, but I like the image of the bees, so I'm gonna go with that tonight. <laughs> also, it was acapella on the recording. Now I play guitar, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna play guitar with it. Uh, okay. All the smoky spirals clouding up the air Maybe I would read them, maybe if I cared I can't see the difference from A to B to C Nobody will tell me, no one feels the need I am lost in forests filled with luck dark and angry bees and I'm trying to find the light but the sun is blocked by trees can anybody help me can't you tell me what to do I'm all alone in crowds of people help them not break through I'm left here standing blind against the sun just a pile of bleaching bones picked by carrion Pull me from the shadows, drench me back to life Help fill my confusion to murder all my strife I am lost in forests filled with dark and angry bees And I'm trying to find the light but the sun is blocked by trees Can't anybody help me? is feeling like you're lost and you don't have the answers. You don't have the answers because nobody will tell you. Like, there are people who do have them, um, which, which I feel like growing up is just figuring out that everybody is similarly lost. <laughs> we don't, nobody knows what's going on. So, um, the next song I'm gonna do is another very current one. And it's another epistolary song, because I guess I'm just really feeling like writing letters right now, but I'm not gonna write these to actual people. <laughs> um, this one is um, 
It's a song I wrote to my hopes of the future, present, and past. And um, I'm moving from bees to butterflies. Um, and uh, moving from wondering why no one will give me the answers to wondering why I haven't found the answers for myself. Dear butterflies, not yet alive, oh, let me first apologize. It's because of me you'll never see a summer rain or cloudless sky. Butterflies, oh, butterflies, I'm sorry. Butterflies, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I ran out of choices and I knew not what to do. I'm so sorry for killing you. Dear butterflies who grow and thrive, your colors leaping soft as fire, the fault is mine. You'll never rise up past the trees into the sky. I cared for you the best I could, a world of flowers, leaves, and wood, and felt I might myself take flight when all was calm and all was right. Butterflies, oh butterflies, I'm sorry. Butterflies, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You can't live forever when there's dying still to do. I'm so sorry for letting you. Storytelling show is also how you may know him. David Lawson, please, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! All right, it's the seventh night of Hanukkah, so I thought I'd add a little Jew to the evening. I, uh, growing up, my parents always worked late, and I would have to take the bus to the Jewish Community Center, and in the computer lab there, there was this Russian guy, Sergey, who installed all these computer games on the computers, but there was one in particular that left a deep impression in my young Jewish mind. It was Wolfenstein 3D. 
Uh, anyone familiar with that game by a show of hands? Oh, well, the one Jewish co-host in this <laughs> fine gentleman right up here. But for those who don't know, uh, Wolfenstein 3D, it was this first-person shooter in which you play as William Blaskowitz, an American GI of Jewish heritage, who is blasting his way out of a Nazi prison camp incredibly gory game, just pictures of Hitler all over the walls. The levels are even shaped like Hitler. Hitler is one of the bosses in the game. He's wearing this giant mecha suit. Google it after the show. Playing this game at the Jewish Community Center. I thought this was like a good thing to be doing. Like, it felt like a righteous, like a mitzvah that I was doing this. But I wasn't completely deluded though. Like I knew that if any of the adults who were at the JCC ever caught us playing this game, we would be in big trouble. It was incredibly violent. There was Nazi iconography everywhere. And in particular, when you turned on Wolfenstein 3D, uh, the song that played was By a show of hands, does anyone besides the two other yids in this room know? Okay, okay, that is the Nazi national anthem. Was the theme song to Wolfenstein 3D. So what we would do in the computer lab is we would play Wolfenstein, we would keep a lookout, but we would always make sure to keep it on mute. Because, you know, the screaming Nazis and the gunfire and the Nazi theme song wouldn't go over so well. One day, though, this idiot kid named Asher. He boots up Wolfenstein 3D with the sound not only on, but all the way up in a very elderly Jewish man watching over all us in the computer lab has to hear and this old guy just goes, what is that? Who is playing that song? Because every old Jewish person is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> and the second he yelled that out, I knew things were going to change forever at the Jewish Community Center. And lo and behold, they had a closed-door meeting with concerned parents about us playing Wolfenstein 3D in the computer lab. What I would have given to have been a fly on the wall at this meeting. I'm sure someone was just like, you are peddling Nazi propaganda to our children. Because every old Jewish woman is Kyle's mom from South Park. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so here's what happened after that meeting. Um, they made sure that every copy of Wolfenstein 3D was scrubbed from all the computers. And the guy who hooked us up with that game, Sergey, was fired. Now here we are, seventh night of Hanukkah, 2017. There was a new Wolfenstein game. Just came out just a few months ago. And back when I was a kid, uh, 20 some odd years ago, the controversy was it was a bunch of Jews in America getting together and being angry about Wolfenstein 3D. And this new Wolfenstein game came out just a few months ago. And like all these Jewish media outlets were like, yes, what this is a sign of resistance in this time to have a Nazi killing simulator. And the people who were forming groups 
to express outrage over this new Wolfenstein game were commenters on Breitbart.com. <laughs> Happy 2017, everybody. Thank you very much. She uh, is uh, hosting some different shows around with the NYC in Manhattan, around Lovecraft and Greenhouse Mima as well. She's working on an album right now. Why don't you put your hands together and make some noise for Siobhan. songs and like gave me such anxiety like playing them I was like oh my god this is fucking mortifying like I can't believe I wrote like this and I'm sure in five years from now I'm gonna look at the songs that I'm writing right now and be like oh my god what was I thinking this is a, an old song that I'm so embarrassed to play and I actually when I wrote this song I was even embarrassed of the song when I wrote this song so that's how bad this song is so you're welcome. Um, so I'm gonna read the preface that I wrote about it as well. If this song ever gets popular, I need to write a quick note. This is potentially the dumbest song I've ever written, and that is really saying something. However, I wrote it in, hmm, three and a half minutes or so, and it's somehow so catchy, like stupid fucking ridiculously catchy, those same three words over and over again. The songwriter in me is so flustered, fucking pop music. Ask myself if I could write a song and only say that I hate you. But that would be boring, so let's fill in the blanks before I get down to the
<laughs> now you get you now you understand why I had to write that preface. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Alright, I'm gonna play another intelligent song remotely. <laughs> For some reason, uh, it kind of stuck and it's evolved over time. But this old this is actually like a really, really one of the first songs that I really wrote. But for some reason, um, it's actually all right, and I kind of like it. It is very embarrassing, because it has very sexual themes. But, you know, it's Christmas, and I'm wearing a tube top, so <laughs> inappropriate themes are really not that far over my head. So enjoy. It is a green tube top, though. Equal parts Christmas and slut. <laughs> Well, I kiss you on a stage in front of everyone I know Almost feels like you're mine Just a minute of time And I say it's just a scene And the problem is me Confusing our art with reality Won't you touch me In the middle of the night And make me feel Clutch me and look me in the eyes Squeeze my breath and get me high See those are the words that they tell me to tell you But I'll never play that part Once we make our way off stage Maybe that's about to change But I can't, for you know the world It's not real I guess I'm just a wild one, you don't want to tame the beast, you want to come inside, but you gotta be free, I'll never be a pawn, just your partner in a play, so let's fake love for acting degrees, yeah, won't you touch me in the middle of the night, and make me feel alive, won't you touch me? Jimmy unfortunately got to go to the next gig, 
So, round of applause for Mr. Jimmy Hoffman for holding it down with us. Uh, we had a lot of people to thank, actually. Siobhan Corbett, of course, Axel, uh, David Lawson, Sam Rose, uh, Lindsay Friedman, Robin Irene Moss, David Piccolomini, and Amber Dre. This has been the Lost Spring Mount Holiday Showcase. And you can, you, can, you can listen to our show every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. And, yeah, thank you, Ray, for Brooklyn. Thanks to Victor and to Madeline and to Laura and uh, to Tom and Rob for helping set up and Lisa Levy. Allison Goodman, we'll see you on the radio. We'll hear you. You'll hear us. All three miles. Radio for Brooklyn. Thank you.